we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way. And I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 35 months into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and the fan favorite, somewhere between iconic and psychotic, Marty Foster. Marty Foster, how are you today? It's good to see you. Fine and dandy. Thank you very much for asking. I hope you two are too. I'm great because, as I said, we're 35 months into 14 days to flatten the curve. That curve must be so flat by now. And indeed it is. I don't know if, uh, hopefully it won't make much of a difference, but I've got a tooth that needs to be pulled and Ouch. it's rattling around. Ouch. It's well, it's rattling did someone, around. Did someone manage to actually hit you? Is that what happened? No, the, well, it's it's damaged from years ago. Oh, uh, and when they when they took out my wisdom teeth, the teeth next to it loosened oh, slightly. Yeah, yeah. And it's finally given up the ghost. But oh, I see. Do you remember me telling you about when I went to the dentist last time for the checkup, where where it was just a little bit loose? Yeah. And they said, no, that's no problem. But where I had to wait outside because oh, yes, uh, I, you didn't wear a mask. I was yeah. asked because I wouldn't wear a mask. And um, people were concerned this time because when I phoned the dentist to make the appointment for a checkup and I told them about the loose tooth, they said, oh, we, we won't be able to do anything on the day. Um, you'll have to come in for the checkup, pay for that, then have another appointment and pay for so on. You know, it's all about the money. Even though I'm an NHS patient, I've got an, one of the few lucky people in the in the UK that have got NHS dentistry. I still have to pay for it, but not as much as I would do otherwise. So people were concerned that I was going to stick my 16 and a half stone firmly into the chair until the tooth was out and cause a scene. But I, I didn't. I've, I'm not in any pain. It's just making me speak like I've got a speech impediment. I understand. So, but yeah, went to the dentist again. I'm I'm waffling here, but I went to the dentist again. I walked in and she said, oh yeah, take a mask and uh, go away upstairs. I went, no, thank you. And I went upstairs and there's like three other people in the waiting area. None of them were wearing a mask. Even the receptionist kept pulling the mask up and down as, as they sat there. So um, it's still happening. You know, uh, people are still trying to enforce the, the ridiculous face nappy wearing. That's um, irritated me a bit. But I'm, like I say, I've waffled on. Bruce, how are you? I'm healthy and alive. Uh, doing well. Better today. We have uh, a concrete floor now, or at least it's 
poured, it is now setting. So uh, that's really nice. Uh, for the benefit of the listener, Bruce is completely clean shaven today and looks about 16. Um, it's <laughs> it's sickening, quite frankly, how young he looks. Um, I'm yeah. looking at my image on the video and um, I'm wondering who's that old man in that box there. Then hey I realise it's me. Hey now. Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about me. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, moving right along into the events of the day, I, before I, I get into the things that I have lined up here, as per Marty, you're on for your uh, your day a week here. Uh, what would you like to talk about? Is there anything that's pressing for you that you would like to lead off with? And then if not, then we can just uh, go with it. Well, we can do this fairly quickly because i've made notes oh oh i like it when you make notes very good you have yeah, your notepad um, oh yeah good, good i have my notepad i have my notepad and just just for the it. benefit of the listener we have not discussed this so this is normally something we would go over and prep and this was not discussed so i'm curious go ahead i had a thought today how can you prove to to someone who's perhaps a little bit indoctrinated a little bit institutionalized the kind of person who might say I'll do something when it affects me. How to convince that person uh, to look a, li a little bit more deeply at current events and and uh, recent you know recent history to prove that our governments—that's your government in the United States, the government in Germany, the governments worldwide and the UK—are not working as they should be. So I thought, well, what could we have predicted that might have happened? In, in the recent events and what could government have predicted and how they could have acted differently. Because if they could have predicted it, they should have predicted it. And if they didn't have a solution for it, it shows that they perhaps wanted it to happen. If we take an example from history, and I know we use this one a lot, but if we look at um, the conditions of the Treaty of Versailles after the First World War, it should have been apparently, you know, absolutely blatantly obvious to the people that wrote up that treaty that that was going to create some very unhappy uh, people in Germany. And when you've got a unhappy populace, all they need is a leader. Anyone could be anyone. Could be Crispy the Clown from The Simpsons. Is that what he's called? Crusty. Um, I don't know. Crusty. Crispy, crusty, <laughs> still the same to me. It's um, all the same brand of insect, yes. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, mm, those exoskeletons, real good. Oh yeah, got a lot. Um, so it should have been obvious, and they should have they should have foreseen that, and and perhaps they did. Perhaps they did foresee it because it created war in Europe again. It created upheaval. It meant that. All kinds of, um, you know, financial dealings and certain problems could be got rid of. Um, you know, it, it's it's something that could have been predicted. So let's go back just to 2008, the, um, the financial crisis, the crash in 2008. Could that have been predicted? Um, that's a question, by the way, guys. I believe so, yes. You could have seen yeah. that. And and a lot of people were warning of that, uh, in fact, long before it happened, saying, wait a minute, we're removing all of these regulations. Why are we doing that? We're removing all of the um, 
uh, all the regulations on the housing market and you're going to open up the housing market to anybody. I mean, and that's essentially what they've done all over again, albeit on a on a bigger scale this time. Uh, and that's like and we were warning about it back then saying you better put all of those things that you removed that caused this back in place. And they didn't. They doubled down on it. And we said then this but, is going to cause another problem. What they did, uh, th- this is the way I see it anyway, is what they did was they made borrowing more money much too easy. Yes. And in doing so, they falsely inflated the housing market. And so once they pulled the stoppers on the huge mortgages that were available to people, it meant that only the quite well-off could actually afford to buy their own homes. So they disadvantaged a huge section of society and they got bailed out by that society again in the, in the government bailouts for the banks as a solution to the crash of 2008. So that could have been predicted. It wasn't acted upon early enough. And again, you've got this, this result that favours everybody apart from the average Joes. It favours the bankers, it favours, you know, the people who are already the investors, the the high level investors, it favoured them because they, they got all that money back and there was a massive land grab. People lost their homes and big corporations bought up all that property. So that's one example. Um the other one here, if we if we look at Middle Eastern wars, we've had war in Iraq, uh war in Syria war in Afghanistan, all of these wars could have been predicted. And if certain policies had changed, they could have been avoided as well. But those wars have created what they want out of things, which is a movement, a mass migration of refugees. And those wars, and I hate to say it, although you two will both agree with me, um, a lot of the factions that kicked off those wars were funded by alphabet agencies from the United States of America, of America uh, and no doubt helped by UK agencies as well. So moving on, let's look at Brexit. Could the outcome of Brexit have been predicted? I as in the, the, think the uh, not 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 the the outcome of the actual leaving of the uh, the European Union, which you guys itself. actually haven't done. I might add, no. Exactly. But the vote, could the vote have been predicted? I believe that's the question that you're asking. I I believe, yes, it could have been predicted. And I believe that it was. Uh, And the only reason I say that is because I came here, I started jumping across the pond right around uh, 2010, 10-ish, somewhere along in there. And I could see the attitude of people. I could see the uh, the decisions that were being made and people were starting to become more aware of the commission and how things were actually being done inside the parliament in Brussels and down in Strasbourg and places like that. And people are saying, wait a minute, okay, we vote to send you there, but you don't actually have the ability to do anything? You, you don't have the ability to, to vote on something? Well, then why are we sending you there if everybody that's making decisions on the commission are unelected people. So why are we even sending you that? Why, why do we even have this? 
I could see what was happening specifically in the UK with uh, guys that were starting to gain notoriety, such as Mr. Nigel Farage, uh, when he started increasing his uh, his public profile, if you will, by the uh, what Americans would consider to be outlandish speeches, because you just you know you can't do what he did in America because that's just not our system. You just can't do that. Uh, although, albeit, I wish we did have that, but. When I saw that you guys were paying 55 million pounds a week just to belong to that club, and that's, let's be honest, that's all it is, and over 80% of your governing laws in the United Kingdom were made by people that weren't even from there, that was kind of writing on the wall that this wasn't going to continue. Yeah, and I think the outcome could have been predicted. Therefore, the preparations by government should have been to make sure that, that that exit from the EU was done as quickly and as smoothly as possible, but without getting screwed as we did and as we still are being. So that's another example of government not working as it should do. Populists, because of you know, linked into all this in the US, Bruce, you had um someone who has been a figure of fun largely elected as president would yeah. would you agree or not i mean uh, it, yeah he's definitely been comical and entertaining uh the, the the positions he takes and whatnot so yeah uh yeah. um so he was a populist choice but what happened what did that allow by allowing a populist to be elected it actually made certain that the democrats could get away with faking and fraudulently having their party elected uh, after just one term. So from, you know, a, a strong constitutional economic uh, driving Republican Party, which is what it should have been and should have always have been, it became a laughing stock, And so many people, simply because they did not like Donald Trump, Flip votes, and even the ones that were fake, and there were an awful lot of fake votes, in my opinion, I don't think they would have managed it had it not been for the fact that Donald Trump was so easily ridiculed and made to look stupid. So here in the UK, who was our populist? Our populist was Boris Johnson. And what that has meant is because the man can't lie straight in bed... You know he's lying because his lips move. He only opens his mouth to change feet, apart from when he's dressing up, of course. And so now what we've got is an unelected globalist prime minister, someone who is so closely tied into that 1% elite um, with his personal wealth of 720 million, you know, the richest man in Westminster. That's a result of, again, government, and political parties not acting in the best interest of their voters by putting forward such bad candidates where they knew they would be elected because people are partisan or have been up to up to maybe now uh, and they've they voted for the popular guy moving on i've only got a couple more the pandemic could we have predicted the pandemic um yeah and in fact, um, at least here in the U.S., they had um, Bush had actually been predicting there would be some kind of pandemic. He was actually terrified of that and built up things like uh, PPE and created um, some kind of, uh, you know, scenarios to 
uh, help defend America versus uh, a pandemic. So at least in that sense, we had been planning for a pandemic for a long time. Well, you you look at um, all our governments, and you mentioned something quite interesting the the other day on a, on a earlier podcast this week, which was, or, or maybe you were talking about it in prep, I can't remember, which is where the WEF, if they decide they want you to be a young global leader, they'll just put your name on their on their material. Yeah. They'll just claim you. It's a t- Oh, you should be honoured. It's a title. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the same thing, believe it or not, with, with the Mormons. Um, no offence to any of our listeners in Utah, but Mormons used to visit my grandfather when he was alive, and he'd invite them in uh, because he used to like to try and convert them to his way of thinking, not the other way around. But he was told in no uncertain terms that his name would be added to the Book of Mormon because uh, the the people that had come round to speak to him said, that's what we'll do. We'll make you a Mormon. So come the rapture, you'll be with us. It's the same with the WEF. Many people have been named as young global leaders who don't want to be. But if you look at the ones we're dealing with, Boris Johnson, Sunak, uh, Keir Starmer on, on, on the, in the opposition, Zelensky, possibly even Putin, they have gone to Davos. They've attended. They've act- actively attended these meetings. They've come across Gates. They know about his TED talk. They know about his work within vaccines. They also knew about the table topping of Event 201. And they also knew because your DOD were paying for it through Fauci's uh, foundations for the gain of function research to take SARS 2 and turn it into a more transmissible to humans um, COVID um, coronavirus. So, yes, they could have predicted it because, well, is it prediction when you're actually perpetrating it yourselves? Well, I mean, that, that that's a good question because um, we have video of Fauci from like 2018 uh, basically outlining that there was going to be another pandemic and uh, outlining what it would be. And wouldn't you know it, we, we, we had just that. And then finally, I actually have that audio yeah. if you'd like for me to play it real, really quickly. Yeah, that'd be cool. The issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. There you go. Well, working in the, in, in the, the field that the man worked in, I had a chimney sweep round the other day, okay, and he, he told me about, oh, you've got to do this, and if you don't get your chimney swept regularly, this will happen, and you'll get creosote build up in the flu and it can catch fire. They always big up their their particular trade, and it that could have been just benign, that word again, you know, guessing that something bad is going to happen, because let's face it, bad things happen all the time. But this is so planned it's so um orchestrated and the fact that they may told so many lies about the initial outbreak about it 
being animal to human transfer through a wet market in Wuhan. And, oh, it's not airborne. You don't need to wear a mask. Oh, it's airborne. You need to wear a mask. So many lies were told right at the start that it's obviously, it was obviously orchestrated. So, yes, the pandemic could have been predicted. But further to that, the negative effects, the, the side effects, um, sometimes fatal side effects of these rushed out vaccines. Again, some of us feel that that it might be deliberate as well, or it could just be really, really bad science because they were forced to rush out a vaccine. I mean, we've had lessons in the past. The prime one that comes to mind is, is that of thalidomide which, you know, the, the drug wasn't properly tested and the birth defects that those kids suffered back in the 60s uh, were early 60s or late, late 50s, early 60s were, were bloody terrible. We, we should learn from history. You know, they say history only repeats itself because no bastard was listening the first time. Was no one listening when disasters and, and tragedies like the thalidomide debacle happened so they rushed through these vaccines record time but again was it really record time because we know that the protein spikes were patented 2017 2015 that sort of time so again was it really an accident could it could it have been predicted that things were going to go wrong with these vaccines almost certainly but was it actually an accident we can't say for certain i suspect that it was uh, it's deliberate the fact that these are so harmful and then the last one is war in U in europe war in ukraine could we have predicted that uh, as as happening have our governments have nato have the united nations done what they should have done to avoid it and the answer is no They've pressed and pressed for the expansion of NATO. They were fully aware of the kind of reaction they would get from a lunatic like Putin to the prospect of the Ukraine becoming a full member of the North Atlantic, uh, North Atlantic Treaty Organization. So, yes, they could have predicted it. So there's eight things that I've listed now. I think it probably took longer than 15 minutes, so I apologise. But they're all things that could have been predicted, and they all show the government are not working in your favour, you, the voters' favour. What they're working towards are the agendas of globalists. So I'll, I'll draw a line under it there and give you two guys a chance to come back at me if you so wish. Well, where do we begin with that? Uh, you said a lot there. There's a lot to take in. So I suppose uh, we can... Should we go the route of the uh, the Russia-Ukraine-NATO thing? Because we were discussing that, and Marty, you're a military guy. Uh, should we discuss that? We can talk about that. Bruce, you and I were talking on it privately. Uh, what was it, last night? I don't know. These all, these all run together. I, I can't remember. Um, Recently, yeah. Uh, we can start there. I do have something on this new lab leak theory thing that they're now openly admitting that we were all conspiracy theorists about uh, two, three years ago. So uh, isn't that uh, we the can... director of the FBI has, has just said that, is it? Yes. Uh, and I, the, the director of the FBI, what can you say? 
but I have a compilation of all the mediaites at the time saying this is a baseless conspiracy theory and it stirs up the nuts and, and all the rest of it uh, for people that believe that. Uh, real quick, I want to answer the question of uh, could we have predicted Ukraine? Uh, I'll answer that question real quick. 2014, Crimea. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We, yeah. we knew it was going to happen. Actually, no. No, it goes. I think it goes back further than that. I think it goes back to uh, where they started attacking areas down in the Donbass around 2008, 2008, 2009. You, we, 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 if really, if we wanted to, we could go back even further to when Ukraine was created. Oh, that's um, true. That was, yeah. I mean, that was a, it, that was a, it, it, that was too much vodka in Khrushchev is what caused yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, and then the so, whole deal with Crimea, I believe, or no, actually, was it or was it? Uh, well, yeah, it was Khrushchev. And then the whole deal with Crimea was uh, that that was actually part of Russia. It's always been part of Russia. And all of a sudden, uh, during that deal, oh, uh, well, yeah, it's part of Ukraine now. And yeah, all of those people just, yeah, that, that's just kind of the way it went. So, I mean, that's like saying that's like saying that, uh, that Boston, you know, that place where we dumped all your useless tea in our harbor there. Uh, it's like saying Boston is uh -huh. not part of America. It's like that kind of history in comparison. It's part of Ireland, isn't it, Boston? Sorry, I thought again. everyone in Aust I thought everyone in Boston was Irish. In fact, just about uh, all it's, the way yeah, down the true, East yeah. Coast, everyone's it's claiming true. that they're that they're Irish. Yeah, that's true. But uh, you don't you have a saying in the Midwest? I'm I'm sure it's a, a Midwestern saying: "Good fences make for good neighbors." Yeah. And if you're going to have East and West capitalism and communism, and you create a fence, and that fence being a nice buffer, a nice big wide buffer the size of Ukraine, don't throw your junk over your neighbor's side of the fence basically a good you know good fences do make for good neighbors uh, a nice string of neutral countries between two opposing ideologies isn't a bad idea and the other the other problem that we ran into um at least from the US perspective actually i, I think this is I, I think this is actually a UN treaty altogether but the whole treaty with Ukraine that we did that said basically if you disarm your nukes, uh, will will we'll protect your borders, and they did. So now to uphold our end of the bargain, unfortunately, I don't know that we ever should have done that, in my opinion, because that then gives the power to Russia, and yeah. at their whim, we could go to war. We he it basically empowers them to to trigger World War Three at any time they want. So yeah. now, if they start encroaching on it, technically, if we're to uphold this treaty, we have to do what we're doing. And in fact, if we're to uphold the treaty fully, we're going to see Americans. We're going to see NATO there in Ukraine. Well, to that point, uh, and let, let's let's talk about what was said. The the declaration or uh, the ultimatum, I guess maybe is a better word here that the Russians said to NATO before they went into Ukraine. They wanted all NATO forces out of the Baltic countries and Poland immediately. Uh, well, I mean, we can't do that because some of those are NATO countries, most notably Poland. So that wasn't going to happen. So it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to do it anyway. Yeah. yeah and you, you have those countries now are concerned that Russia is going to... Uh and they should be as well. They should be. Yeah. Uh, now, I yeah. I had I had heard and this is all, you know, Marty, you know where I stand on the um, <laughs> the so-called collapse of the Soviet Union. I, I've made my point clear yeah, on that. The, the, it didn't actually collapse. No, it's no. a it's a faint. And, yes. and I can kind of appreciate that because from a martial arts perspective, if you go toe to toe with someone and you meet in strength, 
the person who wins is the one who relaxes just a little bit because the other one pushes on and overbalances. And at which point, that's when you can deal the surprise blow that will win the fight. We practice it all the time. In in Kung Fu and Chinese art, it's called Chi Sao or sticking hands. It's got a different name in Japanese, which I had on the tip of my tongue a second ago, but I've forgotten it now. But it's basically give and take. And you don't you you never go strong. Because the moment you go stiff and strong, that's the point where you you you'll lose. Now I know that we've been discussing all of this aid to Ukraine that uh you know the, the United States, the UK, Germany, Italy, uh, you know all these countries that, that that are pledging all of this this aid, the French even some, but it all seems like it's it's always too little too late or it doesn't show up on time or uh or something of that nature. Now again, I'm I'm not obviously I'm not saying that there's any uh, good guys in this fight here, but I do know that all we're doing is, again, I'm basing this on the fact that, you know, the Soviet Union never actually collapsed. And you've got guys like Sergei Lavrov that are coming out saying, you know what, we're going to put the Soviet Union back together and we're going to take the whole country. We're allied with China. We're allied with North Korea. We're allied with Iran. We're allied with Venezuela. We're allied with Cuba. They're aligned with all the communist bloc countries. But yet Putin's supposed to be this savior. He's supposed to be this Christian man that's coming through to uh, to, to uh, take on the uh, the evil, corrupt people in the West. No, we do have evil, corrupt people in the West. Yes, that is true. We do. I mean, what nation doesn't have corruption? We were actually looking at the T-14 Armada program last night. And we were discussing that just a little bit. Do you know why they don't have their T-14 Armadas? Marty, do you want to take a guess? Um is it because the electronics are made in China and they, no. they haven't bought them? No. It, well, no, that, that's a pretty good guess, though, I have to be honest, because uh, the Chinese, technically, if they are responsible for that, they could withhold that because the Russians are reluctant to share that technology with the Chinese. So uh, that that is a very good assessment. I have to give you that. No, they had allocated $30 billion for their T-14 program, but the money was stolen. Stolen, you say. <laughs> Stolen by their own defense minister, Sergei Shoigu, who needed to garner favor amongst the uh, the inner circles that he has. So they have no T-14 armadas because of that. That was to go to their development. So my point is, is that their own inner circles steal from them. I mean, our systems but are the- bad. Our, our systems are, 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 I mean, as far as like our governments and, and their out of control spending, that's what I mean when it's bad and, and the corruption and stuff. But it's not to that level. It's not like the corruption to the point where you've got leaders, you know, supposed leaders and and heads of departments and heads of the military that are actually stealing for their own personal wealth. We don't have that level of corruption. Well, Well, Hunter Biden. Okay, yeah. All right. That that's an exception. But I'm talking about like Austin, Millie, you know, these guys. It just doesn't happen. It's sorry, but but it's done with plausible deniability in the West, and it's only perhaps there was a short period of time where advancement of of the internet and people being able to see a lot more information than they were used to seeing. that some of these things have come to light. If we take the crazy idea of privatizing prisons, okay, I know you've got them in the States, uh, privately run prisons, um, outsourcing your your detention centers and, and prisons, it happens. Here in the UK, G4, they run some of the prisons uh, and obviously bill the government for it. 
one of the major investors in that was um, married to the Home Secretary, as it happens, when some of these deals were done. And that Home Secretary at the time was Theresa May. So, yes, those levels, those kind of corruptions do still happen. They, they may not be so blatant and they may have plausible deniability. Um, you know, oh, they were the best tender. They put forward the best uh, bid and best proposal. So they got the contract, but they would have been told what to put in that contract. And the the fact that um, the major shareholder was the Home Secretary's husband is just disgraceful. But it, it happens all the time. In um very quick one, in the UAE, in this little town called Alain, which is where the um, Al-Nayan family came from, who are the, the rulers of, of the UAE, you know, with the capital being in Abu Dhabi, um, one of the local council officers um, who had quite a, a low-paid job, let's say, still more than most people earn, um, was diverting funds that were supposed to be for other things into their house. They were getting people paid for by, by the local uh, government uh, to build this house, and it was massive. You could see it, and it was never finished. And I was wondering, why was that house never finished? Well, we found out why afterwards. It's because he got caught. Yeah. He got caught. And um, all of the materials, all of the labour, everything up to that point had been um, embezzled. And because he was in a position of power, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And if you all you've got is cement and labourers, build a big house. That's what this guy did. But he never got to live in it. Um mm-hmm. Okay, all right, point taken. Because he got caught. Yeah, point taken. But to the larger uh, scope of this, are we at this point, because let's be honest here, Russia and China, can we all at least agree that Russia and China are a problem? Can we all at least agree on that? Can we agree that they're they're an issue and we're going to have to deal with this? Yeah, they they are. But I think if they were, if they felt safe enough just to do whatever they wanted to within their own borders without the threat of this sanction, that sanction, coming from the UN, coming from other countries like America and the UK, would they be such a threat? Would they they still be a a threat to us? Yeah, yes. And, well, okay, fair fair one, but why? Why why would they, if they could do what they wanted to? I'll tell you why. Because their goal is unrestricted total warfare against anyone that opposes their power and dominance across the spectrum. They're locked into the Marxist revolution. They believe that us as Westerners, not just Americans, especially Americans, I might add, but us as Westerners, they believe that we are irredeemably bourgeois, according to them. We don't deserve to be part of their Marxist revolution and we should be exterminated. That's what they believe. So with Gorbachev and Glasnost and Perestroika, uh-huh. um, one of which means a, a, a new openness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, the other one is, is, is outreach or something like that. I can't Public remember consumption. the exact translation. Public consumption. That's all it was. So that was that was the the dummy, the little shimmy that yes. allowed us all to relax. Yes, they um, needed a way to to eliminate our anti-communist views and our anti-communist institutions. They needed a way for us to put our guard down and look at what's happened as a result of it. Look at our schools, look at our churches, look at our financial institutions, look at our entertainment venues, all of which all of these look 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 at all these places. Look at all of our businesses. Look, I mean, Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab's got a bust of Lenin in his office when he gives a speech, and we have this idea. 
you know, Donald Trump was was even saying it the other day when he was uh, phoning into a uh, I believe it was Glenn Beck show. And he says, well, who didn't blow up the Nord Stream pipeline was Russia because, well, they're going to lose all that money. That's our biggest fallacy right there is we believe that they actually care about money. They don't. You know, they don't care about money. But on the other side of, of the fence, this not so good fence now, are, are globalists who all they do care or all they care about is is their own wealth their own power, their influence. That's what we've got. We've got a world full of of people with, on the capitalist side, they've got property. They've got um, people who are relying on them for their jobs, their employment, and so on. Okay. And, and based on that- On the communist side, well, on the communist side, they've got an obedient populace who they can turn into a war machine very quickly. You were talking yesterday about the fact that 77% of adults in the US won't pass the the physical to get into your armed forces even though we outnumber them you know globally capitalists against communists we probably outnumber them oh, we do. but we we can't we can't turn that that uh, advantage into a big enough threat to stop them thinking that they can push west let me ask you a question. What do you think is going to happen to all of these people in the capitalist West, all of these entrepreneurs? What do you think is going to happen to them if there is a Marxist overthrow of Western countries? They'll lose everything. It'll be uh -huh. taken away from them. Uh -huh. yeah. What was the, uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic um, description um, that based, uh, about the difference between communism, fascism, and capitalism. And it's, it's all to do with cows. The oh, yeah, communist, you have two the cows, state yeah. owns your cow, yeah. you milk the cow and look after the cow, and the state gives you some of the milk. In in a fascist regime, you own two cows, the, the state takes one, you keep one, and sells you some milk. Um, and then within the capitalist one, you've outsourced the cow, and you buy your milk from either a fascist or a communist regime. It's, you know, it's it's pretty crazy, really, isn't it? I can't remember exactly how it was. If I didn't say that right, I apologise. There will be people out there who know exactly what I mean. Yeah, no, I've heard that. You have two cows that, you know, it's, it's always, a, it's a it's a vicious cycle. Um, no, I, I hear you. But my, my problem is, is that with this whole issue with Ukraine, the, the only thing that we're doing in Ukraine is, I believe at this point, I believe we're just staving off the inevitable here. This is going to come down to uh, a showdown between East and West. It's going to happen. Uh, it's just a matter of how long we're going to be able to put this aside because the Chinese, we, we weren't expecting the Chinese to invade the U.S. physically until 2035. That was uh, like that was the the pretty much the consensus across all of the geopolitical experts and military experts and everything like that is they were looking to physically do a land invasion of the United States by 2035. Well, something happened, and I'm hoping to have the answer to that question within the next 24 to 36 hours. Something happened in the last few years that has forced them to move their timetable up. They cannot attack the United States without Russia. They can't do it. They need Russia in order to be able to do that. And they can't do that if Russia's tied up in Eastern Europe. They just can't do it. So they need to do something in, in Eastern Europe. But I do believe that we're just like, we're, we're just kind of, I, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? We're, we're just kind of waiting. 
if if that's the right word, I guess. We're, we're just waiting to see what happens and who flinches. But I, I do believe that this problem is going to have to be dealt with in one way or another. Now, as far as the corrupt elements here, I believe that it's going to have to go this way. We're going to have to deal with Russia and China. And then as soon as that task is completed. Now, I don't know how long that's going to take. I don't know how many lives that's going to cost. And I don't know what tactics will be used in the meantime. I don't. I mean, I don't know. That could be five years from now. That could be three years from now. It could be a year from now. I don't know. Some people speculate it could be as early as a year from now. But when that task is completed, then we're going to have to deal with our own corrupt interest here in the West that have been compromised by both of those superpowers, because they're the ones that have landed us in this situation in the first place. Well, who was it who said, you know, the best way to uh, have peace is to prepare for war? Who said that? Someone fairly smart. I don't know, but uh, just for the sake of argument, I could be wrong. I'm going to say it was possibly Chesterton. (laughs) (laughs) But if you look at what's happened to NATO, it's been run into the ground. The European countries haven't put the the funds, uh, you know, the percentage of of GDP into their armed forces, into their defense. That's changing, by the way. That decision was made as of yesterday. They're going to begin ammunition production post-haste. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure, sure they are. But earlier on, you were saying, oh, this country's promised this and that and so on to get to Ukraine, but it's all taking a very long time. In the meantime, aerospace defense companies are seeing a huge rise in their stocks. They're making money out of it. And the taxpayer is going to foot the bill because we're not lend leasing this stuff to, uh, to Kiev. To Zelensky, we are giving it to Zelensky in by the billion. Yeah. So it, it's just another way of putting an even bigger burden onto the taxpaying um, public uh, of, of, of Western Europe and the United States. We're the ones who are going to wind up paying for all of this, and a very few people will get rich from that money. Uh, and again, you say they don't care about money, but it is it is seems to be the the main goal in many of these um, these things that have gone on. Well, these deals yeah, with China, they, these deals they with care, Hunter Biden. In they Ukraine. care about money. Yeah, they care about money in, only in so much. I'm talking about Russia and China. They care about money only in so much as to increase their own military production. That's the only thing they care about. They they it's don't have a purpose, isn't it? It does. Uh, and they, they don't have, at least Russia, they don't have the economical means uh, to uh, on their own, as in independently, to be able to do what they need to do militarily. And quite frankly, their tactics haven't really evolved much since the Second World War. That's why they're struggling so much over there as they are. Uh, they're still using their old their old ways, and it just doesn't make any sense. But they needed to figure out a way to tap into Western capital, and that's what they've been doing since the Bush era. Let's move on to the uh, the COVID lab leak. Apparently, this is a this is breaking. They believe that it now came from a lab. Now, I I never would have guessed that. Would you? Would either of you have guessed that that's possible? There's that this was a, breaking. Well, my ghast has that? never been so no? flabbered. No, I've never been so flabbergasted. You're sure, it's not breaking uh, to, news. To they're saying such. it's breaking news. They're saying it's breaking news. They're yeah. they're saying they're saying it's breaking news. We have new evidence now, and uh, we've come to a different conclusion. There is no new evidence. Um, the FBI has said we've known this for a while now. Uh, there's nothing new. Uh, they're just touting it as being new evidence 
because China's acting up and they're trying to get China back in the box. And so they're pulling this out. And honestly, China, uh, to be fair, uh, China can be like, okay, are you sure you want to go down this road? All right, here's the receipts. You're the ones that paid us to to do this. You're the ones that gave us the information. I, I had the word receipt whizzing around my head at the time. Not that they can prove who paid for it. And mm-hmm. as I said, probably about thirty minutes ago now. Um, well, again, this the, is the this is the corrupt element that I'm talking about that needs to be gone after. That's what I'm talking about. That needs to be dealt. I think with. we need to do that first. Well, uh, it's all very well to say, oh, we've got to deal with China and we've got to deal with with Russia before we get rid of clean our own house. I, we will I, not get the chance. We will not get the chance to deal with Russia or China if we argue. should have to, because our leaders, our governments are so involved, so wrapped up. And like I said, maybe two or three weeks ago now, we've we've tried to oversimplify this, perhaps. We've looked at it as one big agenda, but there's there's several factions. And every time they get a chance to work together, um, they will. But if their agendas oppose each other, that's when we see these frictions occurring. Because some, most of the time, they'll work together. They'll do these dirty deals. But every now and again, it's like mobs. It isn't. They are mobs. They're, they're gangsters. And every now and again, there's a turf war. Every now and again, so I yes. think, Yeah. So I think we have to actually clean our own house first, get some real leaders, get some people who are working in the interest of of their own countries and not for the globalist agenda. However, Taiwan Taiwan will be taken by China and Ukraine will be Russian by the time we um, get things cleaned up. Because here in the US, we can't even begin until next year. Right. Here's the problem. Uh, with and I, I mean I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I think we need to go after these people and put them in bracelets and perp walk them and have have trials and sentences carried out last month. Okay, so I I got I got no issue with what you're saying. Uh, but I tend to go with Bruce on on this one. Taiwan will be lost and Ukraine will be lost and we'll have uh, Russia beaten on my front door literally. If that's the case, if we wait that long, because uh, we're not going to make it that far. To be frank, uh, and this is this is not something we have a whole lux- a whole deal of luxury of time for. Um, these people that we have within our governments, uh, let's look at Boris Johnson, right? Boris Johnson, UK, obviously Boris Johnson was in there, outlived his usefulness. They put in Liz Truss, shortest prime minister in in UK history. She's out now. Yeah. You've got this this buffoon in there, Sunak or whatever the hell his name is. This this moron. This, I mean, not saying our guy's any better, but um, this is uh, this is uh, the, this is the problem. You have these people that are compromised by China, at least the, as far as we can see. They're compromised by Russia. I can go back through the whole Biden files again. I can tell you how he was put in there by Arm and Hammer to begin with, who was Lenin's capitalist, by the way. I can go through all of this again. I don't want to repeat myself. But the issue is, is that by the time we get around to replacing all of these people, they've got these people lined up miles long. They wouldn't be in those positions if they weren't compromised. Well, even if even if we did get good people in place uh, here in the United States, we have the problem with our bureaucracy. Uh, Okay, you have great uh, politicians in the House and the Senate and in the White House. Well, you still have the State Department. That entire apparatus is corrupt. And as in the case of Trump, we learned that uh, Trump would say, well, 
uh, we'll give you an example, a recent example. The JFK assassination files, you know, the, 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 they were supposed to be declassified years ago. Well, Trump said declassify them now. And um, they said, nah, we're not going to. So they delayed it. They postponed it. And the postponing was up. Uh, was it was the beginning of this year, I think. Uh, and they delayed it again. Uh, no, let's see. It was last year they delayed it again. And then uh, Biden gave him a year. And it, it came up now. And they still are not going to release the files. But we did get a little tidbit of information from them. And God, what's the shooter's name? His, his name's slipping my Lee Harvey Oswald. Oswald. Um, it came out that uh, officially now it's known that he was a CIA agent. No, was, uh, an you don't say. <laughs> yeah. And that was a conspiracy for a while because we didn't know for sure. And yeah, now yeah, that's true. It, it is absolutely true. So uh, basically what I'm getting at is that whole apparatus has been corrupt for a long time. It requires um, uh, it requires a complete purge of all the state departments. I mean, we're talking 400 and some departments uh, in our and and the US government alone that are going to have to be purged. My gut feeling, now I'm I'm going to be wrong on the on the timing more than likely, but my gut is uh maybe this summer. I I'm I'm guessing this summer uh, China's going to try to do something with Taiwan. They're they're going to try. Uh because at the very least, they're going to try it. Uh, if they don't do it this year, they'll do it next year. They're going to do it under Biden. They, they have to do it now under Biden because America is weak. Uh, the Biden is just making it weaker and weaker. If we get a different president in, um, someone like a Trump or somebody that that has better negotiating power and is, um, well, even if they're a shotgun diplomat, they, they, they'll have a better chance of, of um, getting China and Russia to play nice. Well, the whole bit about Lee Harvey Oswald being what many people have suspected him to be now actually being um, stated and all of the reasons why these devious bastards would have won Kennedy out of the way. The piece you played yesterday about the um, the fitness in, in high schools. and Would you like me to run it so you can see it? I won't run any audio. You already know what the audio is, but would you like for me to run it so you can actually see what we were talking about? Yeah, yeah, why not? Because um, from what you said, the the people were built like the, the cast of 300, I think is what you said. Yeah, this is this program out of uh, the early 1960s. This is what we were supposed to embark on across the United States. This was supposed to be for high school students. And you look at the armed forces of the Soviet bloc of China, they will do that. They will train in these ways. But the earlier you start this kind of training, the longer it, it lasts and, and the more benefit you get from it. So starting it in high school wouldn't have been a bad idea. But nowadays, it's just got weaker and weaker. Fewer people are doing team sports. You know, it's, yeah, this 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 is exactly what people need uh, right is. now. Because you feel better. You feel more confident. You feel happier when those endorphins start leaping around your body i mean for the benefit of the listener the six packs on these guys uh here who are like 18 six, years old eight packs <laughs> these eight are like packs, these yeah. are like 15 15 to 18 year olds yeah but again that's a, a a promotional film so we have to to take it with a pinch of salt 
to a certain degree that they've picked the very best people to be in that video. The way in which we've become lazy, slovenly, you know, the chat yesterday that you had about TikTok and and the way in which that's just just distracting people. They're not out kicking a football around or, or going for a run or or playing some other sport. They're sat on their asses in their parents' basement looking at idiots doing stupid thing on things on TikTok. It's working. This uh, you know, it what was it? Um the psyops. It's a psyop. It's a psychological operation that's been very successful. Indeed it is. And, you know, I, I, I suppose the last few minutes here, I suppose we won't get to the uh, the lab leak stuff. I suppose we'll talk about that with Ned tomorrow. Yeah. But we did talk yesterday about the uh, the banning of, of TikTok, as in the government starting to come across. And they're now saying in the UK, you guys are doing this as well. Uh, you're talking about banning the uh, the TikTok app, the yeah the TikTok app uh, across at least at the moment government devices. But uh, wh- what are your thoughts on that? Bruce gave his analysis yesterday, and he stepped away for just a yeah. Second, and I he gave I analysis. agree with I agree with Bruce to a certain degree. The fact that it's there um, means that people will always go to it, use it. It'll distract them. It's short attention. It's shortening people's attention spans, but. For government to be able to blanket ban something is is wrong because it's a it sets a precedent and who knows what the next thing like you said it could or Bruce said it will be Telegram next or some other form of um, freedom of speech valuing platform that they'll ban um, <laughs> the riots uh, it's not the riots but you know protests where you've got Antifa. Turn no, it up right. in small to make it go to make it go nasty to turn it from a peaceful protest into what the police can call a violent protest and shut it down, thereby ending the protest. It's it's been engineered that way. The changes to the Police Act in the UK um, and the way in which people are permitted to protest. And the the kind of offences or actions that can get a protest shut down have been now written into law because of these bad actors paid for by hats like Soros have been creating these situations. People don't want to go and have a fight in the street. People want to protest, let their government know they're getting it wrong and for that government to do something about it. But if they can shut down the protest without having to do something about whatever it is they're protesting about, that's what they'll do. And I was going to show you this uh, earlier. We did talk about it in prep. This is uh, this is Greta. She's been arrested in uh, Norway. They were protesting a, uh, a wind farm there. Oh, yeah. She's getting uh, yeah. a lovely carry away between two Norwegian police officers who just happen to be female, I'm sure. Um, I don't know what they identify as, but they've both got long hair anyway. Um, I'm just waiting for the bit now where they put her down and she walks off after and shakes everyone's hands. Well, you're but not far the, off. The, look at the press coverage around it. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. The, the amount of cameras. I mean, it's, cameras, she's just swarmed it's by just press. just a photo opportunity. That's all it is. And there we go. They've they've let her go. They've removed her yep. from wherever ever it was. She's de-arrested and off she they goes. They literally with just someone. They, they picked her up. They carried her half a block. They set her down next to a building. The police walk away. She gets coddled and off they walk. Yeah, that's 
purely and simply a staged photo opportunity. Yeah, if that was you or I protesting and the law enforcement came in and did that, oh, we'd, we'd have get been clubbed like, over the head, we'd have yeah. been pepper sprayed and mm. bitten by the dog and dragged off mm -hmm. and had a mask forcibly strapped on your face and beaten again and then thrown into a holding cell. It would have yeah. taken more than six Norwegian policemen to arrest me if I didn't want to be arrested. That is true. Those poor French police officers. I still feel I still feel bad for them. In my mind, that it was the um, the British regulators in Portsmouth. That was the worst one. Oh, it was like being yeah. it was like being chased by the Keystone cops. Um, as I was as I was trying to run away, it was my birthday as well. So I, I definitely didn't want to do a night in cells. But yeah. in the end, they. They, they got me, all 12 of them. It did I take was going to say, I think it was like 12 or 13 of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those, uh, those, poor, those poor chaps. All right, I suppose we will go ahead and call this one done. You got any final thoughts? I, 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 do you know what? My mind is a complete blank. Um, I've got stuff off my chest tonight, and I don't know how well it will go together. Um, I'm hoping that your editing magic makes it sound coherent, at least. Always does. Um, it it's, doesn't it's, take much. Doesn't take much. You're you're so charismatic and and forthcoming anyway. It's just you know it's it's natural for you. Well, I accept your flattery. Thank you very much. One of our listeners um, that I know personally did say that he he was listening to our podcasts. Uh, he listens to Ned's podcast and he listens to my you know our podcast with Ned on and our podcast with me on. And he fell asleep while listening to me. And he said, not in a bad way, but apparently my voice is, um, makes people go to sleep. So good night, all. You have you <laughs> have the exact opposite on the American women. They say that you can read them the phone book. Well, yeah, yeah, that, that's been said before, but uh, a long time ago um, and, and quite a few thousand less cigarettes and Jack Daniels. So yeah, thank you very much. I, I feel flattered. I shall, I shall go away. And, uh, and have a good think about that. Thank you. We'll see you next week, Jess. Yeah, yeah, sure will. We'll go ahead and call this one done. I want to thank both of you for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone and have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday.